0: It is so good to have you guys here today. Hey, if today is your uh, very first time ever at Summit, my name is Mark, and I am the lead pastor here at Summit. We're just honored and excited to have you here with us today. We uh, we just believe that God's brought you here for a reason. God's got great things in store for you. And in fact, if you are here today for the very first time, uh, we want you to know how excited we are to have you here today. We consider you our VIP. So Summit, let's welcome all of our first-time guests here today. And I'll tell you what, when you walked in today, you should have got what we call our connection card. And that's just a great way for uh, you to introduce yourself to us and for us to get to know you a little bit. And I'll tell you what, we've got a free gift uh, for all of our first-time guests. It's a bag. It's got a CD in it. It's got some information about our church, all kinds of really cool stuff in there. And all you need to do to get that gift, if you're a first-time guest, out there in the lobby to the right is our welcome table. Take that connection card out there at the end of the service and uh, just drop that off with as much info as you'd be willing to put on that card. Or, hey, if you didn't get a card, just hit that table, uh, uh, the welcome table out there in the lobby once again to the right. Hit that after church and they can hook you up with a card and, man, you can get that free gift. We're just excited to have you guys here today. And if you're here today for the second time, you're a returning guest, it doesn't matter if you've been here for two times, 200 times, it doesn't matter if you're a returning guest here at Summit, Uh, I want to personally invite you to something that I do right after church every Sunday, we do it right here up front, uh, as everybody's leaving on their way out, for about 10 minutes we do a thing called First Step, and if you're here today for the second time, or like I said, 200th time, you just are a guest here, maybe you want to know how to get connected, I would love to meet you today. For about 10 minutes, I've got a free uh, gift for all of our second time returning guests, and I want to give that to you today and just really quickly give you some info about how you can get connected here at Summit. You don't have to sign up for uh, First Step or let anybody know you're coming. Just right after church, I'll be down here, and man, I would love to meet you just for a few minutes, and man, you'll be out, and you can go somewhere for lunch or enjoy your day. It won't take long at all. Now, maybe you've been coming to Summit for a while. And you're thinking, man, how can I get connected? I would actually love to make this my home church. I'd love to become a member. Well, we call membership partnership uh, here at Summit because we believe that God wants us to sort of partner together to make a difference in this city and this world. And we are having our partner event. That's an event where we ask everybody to come if you want to actually join Summit. Our next one is Sunday, July the 10th, right after church in the kids' area. And you can sign up today actually by texting that number there on the screen, 606 268 3633. If you text that word uh, partner to that number, text that and you'll instantly get a text message back that gives you everything you need to do to sign up. We do ask people to sign up for that partner event because lunch is provided. We just want to know how many people you're bringing with you. So make it a point to be a part of that. And as always, if you want to know everything that's happening at Summit, you can always download our app. It's free for uh, Apple, Android devices. So check that out, man. You can take sermon notes here in just a second. Uh, devotional content's on there every day. The app is a great way uh, to stay connected to Summit all week long, every single day. Right now, we are going to continue in worship uh, as our ushers come forward, get in place, guys, men, women, whoever's helping us this morning, our ushers. As we receive our offering, so you can go ahead and make any preparation you need to to give today. If you've given online, thank you for that. But you know, I, I, I was thinking about what we were singing just this last song. Let us adore that that we would. Adore God. I, I just love that we that we as a church cried out, God, let us adore you' And really that's what worship is. Worship is is you and I, it's turning our heart, turning kind of the direction of our heart towards God so that we can worship Him and and be connected to him. And maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, Hey, you know what? listen, that sounds great, but you know what I don't really feel anything when we sing those songs. I, I don't really uh, feel anything. I don't really know if there's much happening inside of me while we're here today. Well, you know what? Can I just tell you that the problem is not on God's end. Man, I got good news. God is not looking down from heaven today at any one of us in this room and thinking, you know what? I don't want anything to do with you. Listen, God wants all of our hearts. God wants all of our loves. God loves you today. So God wants to engage with you today. I don't care who you are or where you've been. God wants to speak to you and engage with you. And so maybe, maybe what you need to do is, is, maybe you need to take a step towards God. Maybe you need to take a step towards God so that your heart can be opened up for everything that God wants to do. Say, well, how can I do that? Give me a practical way to do that. Well, I'll give you a real practical way, giving. Because what giving does is is giving turns our heart toward God. Man, because it's way too easy to think that more money is going to solve our problems. It's way too easy to find our comfort in where we work or, or whatever in our stuff. You know what? Our real security is in God himself. And, and, and what this time of giving does, it turns our hearts towards that and say, you know what, my hope and confidence is in God. So if you're giving today for the very first time, that's what you, that's what's happening in your heart. You give every week, hey, that's what's happening in your heart. So God bless you guys as you take that step and you give today. And one more thing before I pray for our giving. Out there in the lobby for the very first time, we've got the architect's plans for what our building will look like. If you didn't look at that on your way in, check that out on your way out this morning because as you guys give, especially the impact, your generosity is making that possible. All right, let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for today. Thank you that Jesus is alive, and God, that, that, that as we give, that's our hope. That's why we're giving today, because our hope is in Jesus. So God, bless every single person that gives here, whether it's online. God, I pray that as we take a step towards you, God, that you would turn our hearts, and we would receive everything you have for us today. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So our ushers can go ahead and begin to receive our offering. And as you guys are giving today, I want you to, uh, I want, I want you to hear a story uh, from somebody that's, uh, that comes here at the Summit every single week. You know, we're in our series, My Mission, and uh, one of the things we're talking about in the series is that God's got a mission for us. Our mission will all, God's mission for us, are, are, that, that vision that He has for us, it'll look different, but make no mistake about it, God has a mission for your life, a vision for your life. And so I wanted to bring somebody up that God is really doing some cool things in, opening up some cool doors, a really good opportunity that I believe, as God brings this about, it's going to make a real difference for a lot of people. So Teresa Engle is going to come. I want you to give it up for Teresa Engel. Woo! Teresa's going to come. She's going to come to John's mic, guys. So as she comes to John's mic, uh, Teresa is going to share with us for just, a couple of, uh, for just a couple of minutes, about some really neat things that God is doing in and through her life. So I want you to give all your attention to Teresa this morning. Thanks.
1: Good morning, Summit. I'm very nervous, so just bear with me. But um, first of all, I'm just honored and humbled that God would use me in a way to make a difference in people's lives. So I've written it down. Mark said a couple minutes, but it may be more than a couple minutes. Um, Just pray for me, please. I'm going to be honest. Standing here in front of everyone is a real fear of mine. God knows I surely would never try to do this on my own. But he reminds me in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says that his grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made strong in your weakness. So what I'm about to share with you is something the Lord has been speaking to my heart for well over four years. Several years ago, I started digging in God's word like I'd never done before. I began to pray, asking God to break my heart for what breaks his to give me a burden for those he wants to reach. So one night God spoke to me through a dream and showed me the vision of what really breaks his heart. So here's the dream I recorded in my journal, dated January the 22nd of 2015. And I'm gonna read it just as I wrote it. January the 22nd, 2015. Okay, Lord, here goes. Several years ago, you gave me a dream that I was helping to guide and direct a troubled woman. I was standing on the very top of a steep mountain, looking down in the valley below. There were many young women walking around, looking lost and confused in the valley. You spoke to me and pointed out a young lady for me to take under my wing. I then spread my wings and flew down into the valley, and I picked this young lady up and carried her on top of the mountain. I was showing her what you wanted her to have in her life and how much you loved her and to help her find her place. She was so broken like I was at one time. I awoke immediately knowing in my heart and soul that you were showing me where you intended to take me. So I began to pray to be that willing vessel for you to use me. And God, you began giving me visions of a Christ-centered facility where those suffering from the bondage of addiction, abuse, or mental illness like depression, anxiety, which I suffer from myself, can be Counseled with godly counsel and ministering. We know Christ heals the soul, He heals the spirit, body, and mind. There is total healing in Christ. We just need encouragement through godly counsel. So I begin to pray, seeking God's will for my life and to bring the vision to life. I ask Him to send me resources, people that can assist in a godly way, and to put it all into perspective for me it'll be a facility that glorifies him. I began speaking to the vision and praying over it, just trusting God for his timing. So fast forward four years after the dream and vision, God spoke to me. God led me to start reaching out via email to Christ-centered facilities for advice to be able to provide the service here in our area because I don't have the credentials, I don't have the money, I don't have a building, but I'm a willing vessel. And I just want God to use me to bring that to our area because I'm so tired of the drugs taking the mamas away from their children. So on Tuesday, June the 21st, 2016, God intervened and arranged a meeting for me with a gentleman by the name of Mike Courtney. Mr. Courtney read my email, which I had described the vision. He asked to meet with me because he wanted to hear more about it. Mr. Courtney has been a minister for over 25 years and suffered his own addiction, but was healed through the grace of God and his unconditional love. He wrote a book titled Failure and How I Achieved It which recounts his struggle with addiction and how he overcome only through Christ-centered recovery. He now is the co-founder and director of a Christ-centered facility called Branches Recovery and Counseling that gives godly counsel along with clinical counseling to over 1,200 patients a month in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They also have two other locations in Tennessee and one in St. Augustine, Florida. I sat and spoke with Mr. Courtney for almost two hours about the vision and the burden God has given me for the people suffering from addiction and struggles in the area. He also shared his testimony with me about how Branch's recovery was given to him through a vision God had given to him and his wife. So I told Mr. Courtney that I made a promise to God that I would be a will and vessel for him to use me to advocate for those struggling with addiction and mental illness, that God has dealt with me so strong that I can't and I won't stop. After I finished giving him my testimony, he wanted to help any way they could. But to my surprise, he asked me to pray with him and his wife about bringing a branch of <laughs> branches here. He's very interested in opening a facility here. We agreed to pray for a couple of months. And then his wife, him and his wife, will make a trip here to Hazard to meet with those those who are interested in making it happen here. He's willing to share his testimony and give a talk to everyone about their facility. So I'm asking for you all to please help me join in prayer and asking God for his will to be done here for our people. We'll need a building, staff, funds to make it all happen. But God reminds me in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I was reading the other night and I thought, Lord, what we need in our church is so much compassion. It's easy to sit in our seats and go home. But God gave me a verse in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4 and he says, praise be to the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So we've got to have compassion, church. But research has also shown that a recovery program with spiritual foundation has twice, twice the success of traditional non-spiritual treatment. And in uh, 2012, the National Institute of Health conducted a national survey of psychiatrists and primary care physicians. They were equally likely to refer patients to a faith-based program. Approximately 85% believed that a spiritual emphasis plays a key role in the success of 12-step programs. We all know that Jesus is the one that heals. And I think it's time we start taking action, because in 1 John 3, 18, it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. Thank you.
0: Oh, I'll tell people. I'll tell people. That's good. you. Look at there, that's awesome. That's awesome. Teresa's like, Mark, I'm scared of public speaking, I won't be able to do it. Preaches a sermon, takes an offering. Hey, today as you leave out there on, at the welcome table, Teresa actually has brochures about the counseling center she just shared about, so pick one of these up, check that out, out there at the welcome table, okay? As you uh, leave today, if you want some more info about that. Man, that's just cool, that's cool. To see, when God lays a vision on your heart, you don't have the resources, but God opens doors and God knows how to make it happen, right? That's good stuff, man. I love it. Hey, let's, uh, let's pray this morning and, uh, and dive in to some, to some things for a few minutes. Let's, let's pray. Jesus, you are great. And God, I pray that right now you would open up, open up our hearts, open up our minds. God, wake us up, speak to us. God, in a way that only you can, let your will be done during this time, God, for the person that's discouraged, for the person that uh, hears stuff like this and they're thinking, man, I wish that God would speak to me like he spoke to Teresa. God, I wish that, they, that you'd give me a vision. I wish that you'd give me some big mission. God, speak right into them, right into them today, that you love them, that you are for them, and God, you indeed do have and playing for their life. So God, open that up to us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I, um, man, it's summertime. It's a beautiful day outside today. And I'll tell you what, one of the reasons I am excited about summer, and I love summer, is because I love m- summer movies. I love movies in the summer, big movies that come out. I'm a movie guy. And uh, if anybody knows me, they know that I'm a movie guy. You can probably tell that by listening to me. But you know what? Every good movie needs a good villain, doesn't it? Every good movie needs a good villain. Somebody that's there to give opposition to whoever whoever the hero is and try to stop them. And I actually wanted to see how well you knew some movie villains. And so I want to show you a movie villain. As soon as you know who it is or the movie that it is, I want you to yell it out. Check this guy out right here. Who is that? Oh my gosh, do you not know? Ivan Drago. I think only three people here. Listen, if you want to go to heaven, you got to know that. Oh, my gosh, that's Avondrago, Rocky Four. Listen, are you Americans? Oh, my gosh, next one, next one. It's the Joker, the Joker, right? There you go, everybody knew that one. And listen, it's me. You guys knew I was gonna sneak this in, right? You knew that was, you knew that was gonna happen, right? Um, every good movie needs a good villain, because the villain's there to give opposition to the hero to try to stop them from doing the, the task. I mean, there, there needs to be tension. There needs to be drama. So the, the villain is there to stop the hero and give opposition. And here's what we're doing today. In our series, Hashtag My Mission, our hero is Nehemiah. God puts it on Nehemiah's heart to go into Jerusalem, rebuild the wall, so they'd, stay, they'd be a secure people. And, um, and so God gives Nehemiah this, this mission and this vision. Today we're going to see the opposition. And if there's one idea that I just want to drive home for the next few minutes, I just want to give you one idea this morning, just really big, and unpack that idea for the next couple of of minutes. It's simply this, that anything that matters will face opposition. There will always be opposition to things that matter, always. There will always be opposition to things that matter. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up, turn it on, whatever you need to do, to Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to read the first 10 verses in Nehemiah 4, and then we're going to jump to Nehemiah 6 and read the first 5. Okay? So, Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, it says this, now when Sambalot heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? they finish up in a day will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn ones at that tobiah the ammonite was beside him and said yes what are they building if a fox goes up on it he'll break their stone wall down so they're making fun of him if a fox goes up on it it'll break these guys aren't doing quality work these guys don't know what they're doing this is a joke watch this verse four nehemiah's response hear O our god what's he doing he's praying he's praying Hear, O oh our God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunts on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captive. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight. For they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So we built the wall and all the wall was joined together to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. But when Sambalot and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them, day and night. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burden is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemy said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. So so making fun of them didn't stop. They just kept working. So now here's the next plan. We'll just take it up to the next level. We'll invade Jerusalem, kill them all. Okay? That's what's going on. Verse twelve. At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us ten times, "You must return to us." So, in the lowest parts of the spaces behind the wall, in open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, "I love this. Watch. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives." and your homes. Skip to chapter six. Chapter six, verses one through five should be on the screen here. Now, when Sambalot and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, so at this point, they didn't stop. And just like we said last week, Nehemiah gives this vision, all of the people come together for something that matters, and in 52 days, they rebuild the wall. They heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the the doors. Gores is not a word, in case you're wondering. Gores, doors, different. Sambalot and Tobias sent me, saying, come and let us meet together at Harkvirim in the plain of Ono. Hey, here's a Bible joke. If somebody invites you to something and the place is named Ono, what should you say back? Oh no. Sorry. In my head, that was funny. It wasn't really, it was really, sorry, I'm done. All right, but they intended to do me harm. Best, one of the best verses in the Bible, and I sent them messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop? Well, I leave it and come down to you. So these guys make fun of them. They won't stop. They plot to kill them, and they won't stop. And Nehemiah calls the people to keep going in the face of opposition because Nehemiah knows something that you and I need to know, and here it is, that everything that God puts in your heart to do will face some kind of opposition. You say that again, every single thing that God puts in your heart to do, I don't care if it's big, small, I don't care what it is, everything that God puts in your heart to do, it is going to face some kind of opposition. And see, normally there's three kinds of opposition. There's internal, there's external, internal, and then there's spiritual warfare. So external opposition are things that people might do to you, they might hurt you, or they might say to you or about you. So they put something on social media. They send the text message to all kinds of people. And then those people forward the text message. And now it's went viral. Or they don't even do that. They just come up and they say things to you. Do you really think that you can do that? Nobody's ever been able to do that. Who do you think you are? Or I I, I see this happen all the time. I see this happen all the time in our church with people coming to Jesus. First time somebody maybe in a family gives their life to Christ. I see this happen all the time. Somebody gives their life to Jesus, God begins to change their life and their family members begin to make fun of them and withdraw from, from any activity with them. I see it happen all the time. People who give their life to Jesus and friends who that person thought would be there for their entire life, all of a sudden these people don't know how to handle the whole Jesus thing happening in their friend. So they just stop talking to them. They stop answering Facebook messages. They stop responding to text messages. You can see them hanging out with other people. They just don't hang out with you. That's external opposition. Internal opposition is another kind too. Internal opposition can be the worst kind of opposition because these are things that we say to ourselves. And can't we be our own worst enemy, right? Internal opposition, these are things that we say to us. God's never used me that way. Oh, oh, everything I touch, I screw up. Nothing ever works out for me. Nothing ever goes right for me. Or at some time, we try something for God. Maybe we take a step of faith, and it doesn't go the way we thought it would. Let's say it fails. And instead of trying it again, what do we say to ourselves? I'm a failure. So yeah, we failed, but we make it an identity issue, and we define ourselves by it. All of a sudden, internal opposition rises up, and we just give up. Then there's spiritual warfare. And maybe you're here today, and you don't believe in God, and you're trying to get the whole Jesus thing figured out. Well, listen, I'm glad you're here, okay? Glad you're here. But see, God is the biggest reality in the world, and we don't physically see him, and along with that, you need to know that there are spiritual forces at work in the world today. The devil is real. You you need to... You know, again, you might not agree with that. You can ask me questions. I'd love to talk to you about that. But look at this verse from Ephesians six twelve. We don't wrestle with, against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Let me just be really clear to our entire church today. Every single thing you try to do for God, you will face some kind of spiritual opposition. That's why going to church, listen, that's why every single Sunday morning, your kids will lose their ever-loving mind, right? Because your children are possessed by the devil, right? Hey, no kidding, no kidding. Why is it so hard to come back to church after you miss a couple of weeks? Why? Why is it so hard to come to church, period? Why is it so hard for some of you to make that decision to get baptized? Why is it so hard for some of you to start reading the Bible every day? Why do you feel such opposition to do it? Because this is real. Everything that matters is going to face some kind of opposition. Now, you can live a life with no opposition. You really can live a life without any opposition whatsoever. And here's how you do it. Go home, lock your door, Netflix binge, and just eat Cheetos in your underwear, You can live a life with absolutely no opposition. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're not facing opposition now, you better get ready because it's coming. And so what do you do when opposition comes? I want to give you three things you can do very quickly this morning. Three things that you and I can do when opposition comes. The first is pray. First is pray. Hey, have you ever seen that bumper sticker that says when all else fails, what? What? pray. So you've heard it, right? When all else fails, pray. And here's why, we, here's why that's a bumper sticker. It's because we treat prayer like a last-ditch effort. People talk this way all the time. Well, we've done all we can do. There's nothing left to do but what? Pray. It's as if, all right, let's try everything first because prayer usually never works. That's what we think. I mean, even in the culture we live in, the culture we live in when tragedies happen like in Orlando and things like that, the culture we live in says what? Listen, you shouldn't even offer prayers to people because they don't what? Work. But I want to say to you today that prayer is the most powerful force in the universe. Did you know that? See, because prayer connects you and I to all of heaven's resources. Prayer is, think about it this way, prayer is like a walkie-talkie in the middle of a battle zone. Prayer is like a walkie-talkie in the middle of the war zone. So imagine you're a soldier and there you are in the midst of battle, maybe you by yourself or you and all your, all your guys or everybody's with you, your team, your squadron, and, and they're all there and the ambush is coming and you need help, what do you do? Well, you've got a walkie-talkie, you've got a form of communication that connects you back to base. So if you need resources, you call out for it. You need help, you call out for it. You need strength, you call out for it. And listen, that's what prayer is. See, prayer is the most powerful force in the universe, not because of how well we pray, but because of who we are praying to. Do you understand that? Because we are praying to the God of the universe, there is nothing more powerful than prayer. I mean, that's exactly what Nehemiah prays. Nehemiah knows this. Look back at his prayer there. Listen to what he says He says, Hear, O our God, in verse 4. God, do you hear what they're saying? Because Nehemiah knows that God hears. Hey, I want to say to somebody today, this might not be for you, but it could be for the person next to you. God knows what you're going through. If you're scared, God knows it. If you're freaking out right now, God knows it. If, you're, if you feel stuck right now, God knows it. And when we pray, we don't need to dress ourselves up to God about our situation. Read the book of Psalms. Read Nehemiah's prayer. What happens in the book of Psalms and all over the Bible is, God, here's my situation. I don't know if it's going to be okay. I am scared. But what happens in the Bible is there's always this pivot. There's always this pivot from here's my situation, but here's who God is. See, prayer is not you and I telling God our situation. Prayer is calling on the one who can change our situation. So Nehemiah says, God, you hear what they're saying, don't you? And then he prays this, turn back their taunt on their own heads. Why does he say that? Because Nehemiah knows that God is bigger than his opposition. Nehemiah knows that God is bigger than his opposition. So when you and I face opposition of any kind, I don't care if it's external, internal, spiritual warfare, the first thing you need to do is cry out to your heavenly father because there is nothing more powerful than prayer, nothing. There's nothing more powerful than prayer. But not only that, when opposition comes, we need to remember. We need to remember. I love what Nehemiah says there in in chapter 4. After they say we're going to come and we're going to kill everybody in Jerusalem if the insults don't stop, Nehemiah just says everybody, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember God. Man, I have this, uh, I, I, you guys are on Facebook. Um, I have this love-hate relationship with the Facebook memories thing. You know what I'm talking about? You get on Facebook, and all of a sudden, there's a Facebook memory that makes a grown man cry, like a little baby, you know, because all of a sudden, this is what your kids were doing four years ago, or this is how hot you were four years ago. Not so much now, but, you know, and so, so, so just a year ago or four years ago, and there's all these memories, and you see how fast your kids are growing up and how Fast time flies by, but um, when I look at that, one of the things that happens for me that's been happening lately is when I look at that, those Facebook memories, it reminds me. Oh, uh, you know, something from church might pop up, something from my family, and and it reminds me. Oh man, I remember what I remember what I was thinking about when we were going through that, and I didn't think we were going to make it, and we did. I remember I was so scared. Something my pop up on my Facebook timeline. I remember I was so scared about something at church. I didn't think the church was going to survive at that time. And here we are in year five. See, you and I, we need to remember what the Lord has done. Let me ask you a question. You respond to it by raising your hand. How many of you have ever prayed about something and God answered that prayer? Raise your hand. Look at that. Put your hands down. How many of you have ever had a need and you cried out to God and God met that need? Raise your hand. Look at that, put your hands down. How many of you have ever been stuck and you didn't think you were gonna be okay and you cried out, you begged God and here you are on the other side and you made it and the only explanation is God did it. Raise your hand. Look at that, look at that. Don't ever forget the faithfulness of God. Never forget it. Never forget the faithfulness of God because opposition will say, you're not going to be okay. Opposition will say, you're not going to make it to the other side. But if you can remember, you can say, wait a second, I remember, uh, I remember a year ago. I didn't think we were going to make it to the other side. And here we are. I remember six months ago, I didn't think we were going to be okay. And here we are. See, you and I, we need to be better at remembering God's faithfulness to us, right? Don't we? You know what I do? I journal. I journal. I write everything down. If something freaks me out at church, something freaks me out at home in at my family, if I'm just scared about something, I write it in a, it in a journal. Or well, here's what I do. I've been doing that for so many years. I look back in older journals about times that I was absolutely scared out of my mind and how God made a way and he took care of me because here's what you need to know. God's past faithfulness is always the indicator of how he's going to be faithful in the present. Right? You need to, maybe, maybe you want to do that. Maybe you want to write it down. Or I'll tell you one thing, that's one of the reasons why groups are so important. Why being in a life group, being in a serve group is important. So you can share what's going on in your life or you can hear how other people are going through the same thing you went through and God brought them through. Because if God brought them through, he can bring you through too. You need to remember the faithfulness of God. Last thing, number three. Number three, and then we're done. How do you fight opposition? So here's what we're doing so far. We said if you want to fight opposition, what do you do when it comes? You pray, you remember, and then you focus. You pray, you remember, and you focus. Again, I just love Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 3. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? I'm doing a great work. I'm not stopping. Listen to me. I want to say to you that whatever God has put in your heart, it is a great work, and don't let anyone stop you from it. Don't. Whatever God puts in your heart, it is a great work. If God's put in your heart to fight for your marriage, that is a great work. If God's put it in your heart to know the Bible more, that's a good work. If God's put it in your heart to get baptized, that's a good work. If God's put it in your heart to lead your friend, your coworkers, your teammates to Jesus, that is a good work. If, if God has put it in your heart to start that business, that's a good work. If God's put it in your heart to start that, start that nonprofit that's going to make a difference, that is a great work. And when opposition comes, because it's going to. when opposition comes, What we need to do is we need to focus and say, "Wait a second! This is what God has called me to do. This is what God has called me to say. This is who this is who God has called me to be." And we need to focus so that we can carry on the good work. So I want to say to you something. I want to say to you today. I want to say to you today. Just as we're closing and as we're wrapping this up, I want to say to the person today who is about to quit. And you are tired, and God put something in your heart years ago, and honestly, you thought you'd be way further down the road than you are right now. God put a dream inside of you, and you haven't seen that dream come to fruition at all. You are about to give up. I want to say to every person that's about to give up on God, I want to say to every person that's about to give up on church, I want to say to every person that's about to give up praying for that person that you've been praying for for a decade, I want to say to every person that's about to give up on the dream that God has put inside your heart, unless the God of heaven has told you to quit, don't. Don't. I say to people all the time, when people say to me, Mark, I feel like giving up. Has God told you to give up? No. No. Well, then, if you give up, that is disobedience. Listen, if you gave up, if you quit, yeah, you know what? I bet the opposition would go away. I bet your life would go a whole lot easier. And I want to tell you, giving up is not worth it. Giving up is not worth it. Why? Because you could give up and the opposition might go away and you could give up and miss Jesus Christ. Do not give up. Instead, when opposition comes, what are we going to do? We're going to pray. We're gonna remember the faithfulness of God and we're gonna focus, why? Because there will always be opposition, Summit, to things that matter. Let's pray. Bow your head with me. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, this is just a moment where God is just moving in our hearts. This is our time to respond. We do a time of response every week because you can't come into God's presence without responding. That's why we do this. And really quickly, just by a show of hands, how many of you just simply by raising your hands would say, Mark, I feel like I'm fighting some opposition right now. Would you pray for me? Just put your hand up right now. Put your hand up high in the air. I want to see it. Don't be shy. I want, you to, I want you to extend that arm all the way. Hands are going up all over the front, all over to my left, all over the middle to the right, towards the back. Anybody in the main back, hands are shooting up right now. Anybody, I am facing opposition at this moment. Will you pray for me? Put your hand high up. Hands are going up all over this room. All over this room. Just put your hand down. God, do not let these people quit. God, you know where that opposition is coming from. It might be external, and it might be from people who we thought we could always count on. And that seems like they're walking out on our lives. It might be internal, and, and it's the voices inside of our heads. And, and God, we're listening more to doubt and fear than we are to your word. It might be spiritual warfare. Because the enemy is always going to try to stop every step we take towards you. God, I pray that you would give every single person that just raised their hand strength to keep going, strength to to take the next step strength and grace and every resource they need to keep carrying the cross and following you god do not let them quit do not let them quit. you're here today you're here today and you do not have a relationship with jesus christ you're not a christian I want you to know today that I believe that God brought you here. I believe that God brought you to the forum, into this church today. Because today, God wants you to know that he loves you. And today, God wants to save you. And all you need to do to experience God's salvation and become a child of God is to cry out to God, confess to God that you have sinned against him and ask him to save you. And listen, God, 100% of the time, always answers that prayer. If today you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now today if you want to be safe. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I give my life to you. Help me to begin following you right now. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and coming back to life for me. I love you, Jesus. In your name. Amen. No one is looking around. No no one is moving, looking around or anything like that. If you just prayed to give your life to Jesus Christ, if today you want to be saved, would you just raise your hand right now so that I can see that and celebrate with you? Just put your hand high in the air if that's you today. Say, today I want to be saved. I give my life to Jesus Christ for the very first time today, right here in this moment. Raise your hand high so I can see it. There's a hand right over there. Anyone else? God bless you for that hand. Anyone else? Say, today I want to be saved. I want to know that I'm a child of God today. I want to give my life to Jesus. Anyone else? I want everybody in this crowd just look at me right now. Just look at me right now. And I want to invite you to do something. I want to ask you, if everybody in this crowd, you know, we, we gave you a connection card when you walked in. And if you would, would you take that card right now? Would you take that card? And on the back of that card, if you raised your hand, a moment ago to say, you know what, Mark, I'm facing some opposition. Would you pray for me? Would you just write on there the opposition that you're facing? Because I really want to pray for you. I want to pray for you by name this week. And we really do. We take all these every week and we pray over all of them. I want to pray for you by name, your specific situation. So go ahead and take your card out right now. You're not you're not going to show it to any of these neighbors or anything like that. Nobody sees them uh, but, but me and a few of our staff. But I just go ahead and take that card out right now and write that on there in the prayer section I'm facing this kind of opposition pray for me others of you if you made the decision to give your life to Jesus Christ go ahead and indicate that on the back of that card or any decision that you've made made today any decision you've made for Christ indicate it on the back of that card if you want to get baptized you want to take the step and serve like we talked about last week. Go ahead and let us let us know on the back of that card and what everybody can do in just a minute when we leave. Volunteers are going to be along the exits here. You can drop those in their baskets or you can take them to our welcome table. God, I just believe that today somebody is not going to quit. That's my prayer. My prayer is, God, somebody that's right here in this room or listening to the podcast that was about to quit, they wouldn't. My prayer is, God, maybe somebody that, that we know who seems to have quit. After today, we would call them. We would take them out to lunch this week. We would send them a text message, and we would let them know that we are praying for them, and we are fighting for them, and we don't want to see them walk away. God, there's always going to be opposition. There's always going to be opposition, because what you've called us to matters. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Somebody, let's give God praise for today. Let's give God praise. Amen. Amen. Hey, as you're filling out those cards, I just want to invite you, if you're a first-time guest, make sure you hit that welcome table. Let us know you're here today. Get that free gift. And I'd love for all of our returning guests, stick around for first step right after church. Hey, really quickly, I want to, uh, I want to show you something here really quickly before I dismiss. Right out there in the lobby to your left, there are some bins for Second Chance Mission. Those bins are going to begin to be there every week. And these sheets of paper are out there. These are just needs, the second chance uh, needs on a regular basis. We're giving this to you today because, hey, if you've got some of these laying around your house or you think about it on occasion, maybe you want to bring one of these uh, as you think about it. But these are out there in the lobby to your left. I want to challenge our church. Hey, grab one of these lists. We're also going to put it online. Grab one of these. And next week, if you can, doesn't have to be everybody, all right? But, hey, if you can, next week, bring one of these items that are on this list, and let's put it in those bins. But check this out before you leave. You guys, everybody stand up. Look at somebody and say, I'll see you next week. You're dismissed. Go and change the world and make a difference. Love you guys. See you later.